Welcome to episode 8, season 2 of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ, and today I'm sitting down with Sam Derby. He's a divorced, disabled veteran, once widowed, spent most of his life pursuing various passions in an attempt to be a jack-of-all-trades. His professional career started after he left the military, where he acquired a bachelor's degree in audio engineering. He also worked for various software companies, including Avid and Amazon. He's recently taken a different career path, though, and started a brewery in the world's leader for beer in the heart of the beast, Berlin, Germany. Sam, how the hell are you, man? I'm doing well. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a few years, and you're doing some moving and shaking across the oceans in Germania uh, with one of my first true loves, beer. Uh, I think <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, but I kind of want to, anybody tuning in doesn't know who you are or what you're about, I kind of want to get a little bit of history on you, and then we'll jump into the beer in a little bit. Yeah. So, obviously, Sam Derby. That's who you are. That's your name. <laughs> Good now. <laughs> yeah. In your own words, uh, you know, you stated you're a divorced, disabled vet, once widowed, spent most of your life pursuing various passions and an attempt to be a jack of all trades. And your professional career started after you left the military. But what branch of the military were you in? I was in the Air Force for almost exactly three years. Damn. And disabled, what happened? I uh, hurt my back changing tires on the C5 Galaxies. <laughs> I have no idea what a C5 Galaxy is. And please enlighten They're, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest um, service, basically cargo jet that the Air Force has. I think you can house six Greyhound buses and Holy 100, 150 or 200 people on top of them. Good Lord, man. <laughs> so they're, they're the ones that carry space shuttles, um, other airplanes, okay. tanks. They're, they're the big ones. That's badass. My uncle was a, a load master on C-130s throughout the yeah. Air Force. And then I had a brother who was actually in the Marines, but he also worked on, on aircraft as well and loaded them up with different types of shit. So... Yeah, it seems I, my, I keep coming back to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my job was um, not a loadmaster, although I worked with them plenty. I was the crew chief, so the one in charge of making sure that all the red X's and issues with the aircraft were completed or fixed before the airplane went back in the air. Damn. Well, being Veterans Day here in the States, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I was noticing that. I, that it's been a few years since I've been there, and I kind of forget what day it is. Well, I'm sure everything is totally different in Germany. <laughs> yeah, I don't get free healthcare. Yeah, <laughs> so. but you you probably get actually good food that's sort of healthy for you and <laughs> not mass produced. So. <laughs> Anytime I go to, to the UK and, and primarily Scotland, it's just amazing how much, I, I don't know if it's real or authentic or or just purely taste healthier, but I imagine the food in Germany is, is quite a bit better than it is in the States as far as production value goes. <laughs> yeah, well, the, in Scotland, it's the haggis, and that's way better than anything you can get in the States. <laughs> People who have not tried haggis and are disgusted by the notion, <laughs> you just gotta you gotta take that first bite, man. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I love haggis. <laughs> so, obviously, being in the Air Force and getting out of that, you you've kind of bounced around quite a bit, but you did end up with a bachelor's degree in audio engineering. Yeah, um, it was a passion of mine before the military. I played in a high school punk band, the Kamikazes, and we played for a few years and I realized it was something that I wanted to do. Um, and so post-military, I kind of said, okay, what can I do with my disability? And they were really, really good in helping me find a school that could pay for my schooling, uh, help me through that schooling financially and complete a bachelor's degree um, and continue on from there to audio for geez almost 10 years after that when you worked 
for some pretty big companies. I mean, Avid and Amazon. And you were honestly one of the first people that I, I mentioned I wanted to do a podcast years ago. And as opposed to being like, yeah, okay, kid, real cute. You, you were actually really kind of excited and threw me some software and kicked me a microphone. And then I <laughs> sat on it for three or four years and finally motivated to do it. So it was fitting wow. for me to, to have you as a guest come on. And I could probably use some of that sound engineering expertise when it comes to editing this bitch. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm always uh, trying to help people's passions. If they really are loud enough to express their interest to me, then I'll do whatever I can to help them succeed. And I'm glad that you're using that stuff now. It's great. No, and, and a huge thank you, dude. I, I appreciate it. And it's it's kind of funny how your friends and family react when you tell them you're doing something, and when you find mm -hmm. the ones who are actually like, "Well, wait a minute, I can help." <laughs> yeah, you hang on to the good ones, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of them, I find like some family is kind of skeptical always of you, and some family is always on your side, and to <laughs> just stick with the ones who are on your side and then forget about the, <laughs> the yeah. opinions of the rest at least. Which is hard to do, but once you can just yeah. kind of roll with the punches, if you will, it's fun. This has been fun. I like doing a podcast. Good. <laughs> and I mean, Avid and Amazon, did, did you ever work for like Skywalker Sound or did you just kind of get connections to um, Lucasfilm through Avid or Amazon? How, how did that plan? Um, after I left Amazon, I was interviewing with and got offered a job with Skywalker. Yeah. Um, I had a really great interview. Um, actually got the job. They called me up a couple of weeks later and said, hey, yeah, okay, so <clears throat> would you really like it? And I said, yeah, I uh, actually <laughs> don't think that I can give you guys the commitment you're looking for right now. So I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so. Well, and your good friend, Christy, my sister-in-law and, and my yeah. brother, Chad, at least got a chance to come out there and get a, a tour of, was it uh, Lucasfilm? Uh, what's George Lucas's ranch? Yeah, Skywalker so that was, ranch? yep. That was Skywalker Ranch. Um, I have friends who I've always worked with who are up there now working there or in L.A. And I was always kind of a supporting staff in a way through Avid, working with Pro Tools and the post-production scene uh, for my last three or four years at Avid. And so that kind of gave me that opportunity to <laughs> say no and change careers. <laughs> that was the beginning of my career change for sure. Yeah. What What else have you done outside of what you mentioned in your uh, the short bio you threw together for me? I mean, uh, a jack of all trades, but we've got audio engineering in there, and then boom, right into to beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, during audio, I guess I. Um, spent some time researching a couple of different things. One was in, in one direction where I was kind of building guitars as a hobby for a little bit. And the other direction was actually using audio frequencies as a microbiological enhancement for, for performance. So using what? i'm sure you've seen it or heard about it where the you know mythbusters or someone has thrown audio frequencies or like metal bands at plants and measures the growth okay right and and looking at the science behind how audio influences biological life um <laughs> that's some some heavy shit dude that's way above my pay grade <laughs> it, it's <laughs> I, I don't know why I um, got into it, but I got into it that actually before I got into beer, and it it spawned a whole yeah this whole thing that I've gone on for the last couple of years. <laughs> nice man, and with beer, I I do want to talk about what what you got going in Germany, but I want to I want to save that a little bit. But yeah. you were working with. 
craft breweries in the Bay Area before you ever went over to Germany. Is that right? Yeah, I was. Um, I was at that point. I was experimenting with home brewing and um, working with the guys at Gordon Beers um, for a moment as they were doing their exodus and purchasing the brew house that was uh, under the Bay Bridge. Nice. And uh, we kind of I helped them transform that financially into what is now 47 Hills Brewery in South San Francisco. Well done, sir. <laughs> yeah, and that was. And they well, let's see. We've been open almost two years now. Come February, um, with the tap room right next to. Basically, you can almost walk there from the airport. SFO. Dude, that's badass. <laughs> I have never been to the Bay Area, so I need to get out there and check it out. That's for sure. <laughs> what, I mean, outside of homebrewing, did, you didn't go to school at all? Did, I mean, for being a brewmaster, or, or you did? Um, no. How, how, did, um, how did you find your footing in that industry? Um, initially, no. I didn't do any schooling, just homebrew homebrew societies um reading bjcp paperwork which is the guidelines for brewing technology and the beer styles um and and over some time i worked my way into a role with west seattle brewing in seattle and after working for them for a few months i had an opportunity to go and do a brew. I finally do a brewmaster certificate in Berlin, Germany, and that's, and that's kind what of, yeah kind of started everything moving for you there. Yeah, so my motivation started with passion. I think, as almost every brewmaster will tell you, and it works its way <laughs> through your veins, and <laughs> <laughs> you 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 do end up finding your way. It, I think it's the people. To find their way as a brewmaster are determined more so to make beer than to drink it. Um, <laughs> but you still drink it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely have to, yes. <laughs> well, I think you mentioned uh, when I did my little test call with you before the interview that I was drinking coffee and you cheers me with a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, so, that's true. But it's it's far beyond noon here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's Sunday. Is it Sunday there too? Right? Yeah, in Germany? Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so you're fine. You can start drinking at brunch at like 10, dude. <laughs> you know, on brew days, I leave at 4 or 5 in the morning. And on my way to the brewery, I actually see the, a couple of um, bars that are open. And people are for sure <laughs> drinking. <laughs> That's fucking badass. Uh, what Again, I think you already mentioned, what was the name of the the school you went to in Germany? So the school I went to last year, it's a six-month course. It's called the CBC course, and it's with a school called the VLB. Nice. And after six months, you, you're certified. Did you immediately just fire up your, your own brewery, or did you work with another brewery while you kind of found your footing there? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a funny story. So... <laughs> I was actually going to continue on outside of Germany and keep heading east. Uh, I wanted to hit India and I wanted to stop somewhere around Japan. Um, but as I spent so much time in Berlin, I realized that there's actually not that many craft breweries here and not that many people doing very very interesting stuff, I should say. Some of it is okay. Um but I think maybe the standards of the West Coast are much, much higher than what you can typically get from a craft brewery here. So I was driven nice. then to start my own thing here. Um, that took me to a restaurant in Kreuzberg. Um, they wanted to work with me to install a brewery in an open restaurant. And I had six months to plan and budget for that brewery. Oh shit! And, and at the end of that, I was not given the opportunity to have majority shares in the company. So, I it scared me enough to say like, okay, well, I'm going to put all of this money, my savings, actually my 
I sold my house and my truck and my every my motorcycle in the states to do all this. Right, full liquidation. Um, yeah, full, fully. <laughs> I'm fully liquid. I own nothing in the states now. Maybe a snowboard. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't willing to give that up for someone else's pocket, so I Good turned in. Uh, I turned in my uh, well. Here it's called a kundigung in the states. It's a resignation the next day and started my own thing. <clears throat> I started the Lost Anchor Brewing. And within a couple of months after registering the trademark, I had a cease and desist from Anchor Brewing in San Francisco. Those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they, they got their trademark lawyers on us pretty quick. Sir, Sir, what is his name? Sir Charles... Reichenbach the third Esquire Jr. or something. I, I can't remember his whole name. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> but, Damn. Um, so it, with it, yeah. you know, with a cease and desist from from them, what what did you end up rolling with for the name of your brewery in Berlin? Well, I wasn't really all that happy with that name in the first place. Um, I kind of I didn't. Uh, I kind of knew it was go, going close to Anchor Brewing. I didn't know, uh, given that I my my trademark actually got approved, um, that it was so close that they were going to come after me. So I wanted to go more German, and I went with Einba Brauerei. Einba Brauerei. Ein, Einba Brauerei. So <laughs> Ein Einba is. Um, like one bar of pressure, which is 14, 14 and a half PSI. Okay. And that's actually what we all kind of stand at with our pressure on the earth. And that's actually the pressure that I ferment at. So for me, it meant a couple of different things. And it didn't much matter what anybody else thought at that point. I had three days to change the name. <laughs> 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 it's a strike, strike while the iron is hot, maybe. <laughs> yep. Well, that's awesome, dude. I, and how many beers are you producing and distributing at this point? So I initially did 18 different beers um, for a couple of months. They were all pilot batches to gain interest and do private parties and you know gain some friends in Berlin and now we've officially had our doors open for two months and we've basically done four different styles um, but we will do more nice what, what four styles of beer have you crafted so or, uh, or focusing on I should say maybe at this point yeah it's it's a tough scene in Berlin because there's, um, like I said, not much craft and not much actual education with what, why craft beer and what's the purpose of it. Um, so I've gone with some pretty basic stuff, some pale ales, um, some IPAs. I did a black IPA for a Banksy event last month. That sounds like an awesome event and a delicious beer right there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's getting cold, yeah, so it's kind of nice to start doing some darker things. No, uh, that's awesome. What's this Banksy event? We're going to go off course for a minute here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, there was uh, some friends of ours, uh, this restaurant called Mediterranean. They did. Uh, they, have, they have a friend who has a bunch of original Banksy art, and they wanted to do an event but they wanted to have some specific beer made for the event because they're a restaurant they're a nice italian restaurant and we wanted to support our friends so we built that beer specifically for that event and just kind of kept rolling with it that's awesome dude and shepherd ferry is one street artist that i've always kind of liked ever since the uh, obey kind of blew up but banksy mm -hmm. is the street artist <laughs> <laughs> at yeah. least for me so that that's badass um sorry i i had to inquire as to what that was about yeah yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure i mean he's he's got his politics right and the the crew does a great job and 
Um, it's same here. I mean, I'm I'm a punk at heart, and I can definitely see you wanting to support that sort of scene. <laughs> well, and we kind of have that similar background as far as Salt Lake City and grown up in the subculture, counterculture here with mm-hmm. punk rock music or hardcore music. Um, I was never in a band like yourself being part of the, the kamikazes, but definitely helped kind of mold us into the the unique and independent individuals we are today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well put. And, you know, maybe we touch on that for a minute. As far as music goes, what, what have you been jamming out to a lot lately? Are you still rocking some of the, the punk rock? Are you on to, like, some European house music and dance? <laughs> or what? what's up, dude? What do you jam out to when you're brewing beer? <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, that's this is going to be an interesting answer. So I, <laughs> perfect. I'm all over the board, you know. I guess um, I I don't listen to any music while I brew specifically because I think while I brew there are so many sounds and so much going on. I find that the brewery itself is quite musical. Nice. Um, it's it's a good environment. It's I'm my uh, batches are small enough where I'm there working with it. Uh, with my hands i'm not in some computer um so i don't listen to any music while i brew but when i am in the brewery doing other work kegging or otherwise i'm (laughs) recently listening to a lot of flamingo (laughs) a lot of flamingo flamingo what's flamingo i thought you Uh, said flamingo like the pink bird (laughs) (laughs) no like spanish guitar Oh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's <laughs> Tony and stuff. It just, um, it's, I find it um, oddly soothing, but also really emotionally driven. So punk is the same way for me. Nice. Is that your main go-to these days? Are you listening to, to anything else outside of that? No, no. For sure I'm still on the punk. I'm actually like going through my old, old punk bat um records and trying to rebuy them. Suicide Machines, Comeback Kid. Uh just just the old stuff I really liked. I'm still way into propaganda and of course the bouncing souls. Nice, dude. Bouncing souls are one of my favorite. I never really got into propaganda. Um but I know a, a lot of my friends did when we were quite a bit younger. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago, dude. I know. Uh, well, and I've been kind of revisiting some of the, the older hardcore bands I grew up with, but a few months ago I was just kind of throwing some old bands up there. and It's like, holy shit, Damnation AD put out an album <laughs> a year ago, or, uh, you know, Candiria is still putting out awesome shit. But nice. I've been getting a little bit more into to punk, too, and Street Dogs have always been a, a favorite of mine, and they just put out a phenomenal new album, so I've been jamming that a little bit. Uh, been going back to Death by Stereo a lot, and they, they haven't nice. been really active, but I always like those dudes, and so that that's kind of cool that it, even though we kind of grow up and move away from that genre per se and expand our musical horizons, it's always at the core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually Berlin is helping me bring out I am listening to some Berlin punk. I wish I could name some names, but right now I'm just going to the venues and trying to learn who's doing what, where and the scene's yeah. very much alive here. That's badass. And are those bands primarily singing in German or English or a mashup of both? It's a mashup of both. That's fucking um, awesome, dude. <laughs> it kind of always has been, actually. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool scene. That's fucking rad. Are you yeah. learning German while you're there? Or did you already know German? Is what's, What type of barriers do you run into trying to own and operate your own business and brewery in a foreign <laughs> land where the first language is German? <laughs> 
it's not the German language that's the barrier. It's the bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you care to elaborate on that? <laughs> uh, okay, well, let me answer your first question. My German, I didn't originally plan on learning it because I didn't think I would stay. So I spent a year not learning it. Um, <laughs> and now I'm spending a year kicking my ass for not learning it. And now I'm getting to a point where it's time to actually learn it. Nice. I, I do. Very... I mean, I have the basics. I can get around, um, but it's nothing where I can walk into a government building and file my Zollamt paperwork or <laughs> talk to you know talk to yeah. officials about getting anything done. I'm sure that's got to be tricky. But in Germany, with their school, am I wrong? Is are kids taught English? It's like a mandatory class when they're in their younger mm. school years or no? It depends on where you are in Germany. But as far as I understand it, there is still a majority goes to English in at least cities like Berlin. Well, hopefully that's helpful for you <laughs> when you're uh, yeah. navigating those charts. <laughs> For sure, but I don't like to be considered part of the gentrification class. Actually, I would prefer to speak German to Germans and non-Germans alike um, as much as I can, just because I think it's respectful for the country. I would agree with that. Yeah. And that's that's primarily why I started drinking Scotch whiskey well before I ever went to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Because yeah. I knew I would be given quite a bit of Scotch while I was in Scotland, and the, our extended family over there has never disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to learn about the culture, and that's, that's a deep, deep part of the culture there. Absolutely. So you've got four styles of beer you're focusing on. Um, you've done some pale ales, an IPA, a black IPA. You crafted a brew for a, a restaurant holding a Banksy event. What else has been kind of moving and shaking with you in that respect? I mean... Are you looking to expand? Are you are you going to kind of keep things low key where they are? What do you want to do with this part of your adventure in life? Yeah, we're. I am interested in expanding. I have a team of five who are helping out with sales and production now. So. I've recently been in talks with a local bottle shop and would love to do some sort of taproom bottle shop um, here so that we can have a place where we can directly deal with the customers. So the brewery does not have a taproom. You can't drink our beers at the brewery. You have to go to an establishment mm. that provides your drafts as an option. Yeah, and... The good part is we're delivering everything in kegs, so it's as fresh as it can get. Um, but the bad part is we don't really still have that control over our product. So we are really interested in quality control and are trying our best to get ourselves a taproom open in Berlin in the next year. Nice. And you mentioned you, you deliver your kegs. Did I see something on Instagram where you – were you delivering uh, a a keg? Out? I want to say on a scooter, but I don't think that was correct. <laughs> I have a bicycle that I brought from San Francisco, <laughs> and I I bought a little trailer for it. Didn't think I'd ever really have to use it, but our car broke down, and we really needed to get our beers to one of our uh, friends' bar, and for sure we didn't want to be off tap for the week, so we. You know, I, I kind of was looking at it on Sunday afternoon, was like, well, do what you got to do, you know. Here's, <laughs> Here's a here. bike with a trailer and the keg sort of fits and off we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's, uh, here's where your dedication either shines or falls flat, you know. it's. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I saw that picture on the, uh, not on your personal Instagram, but the Einbar Berlin Instagram. Did I pronounce that? Well yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people That's... can find that if they want to kind of check it out and see what we're talking about. Uh, but it's E-I-N-B-A-R Berlin on Instagram. Do you have any other 
social media or, or web presence where people can kind of check it out and follow along and see what you're getting up to? Uh, we've made it easy. I'm Barberlin um, at I'm Barberlin or I'm Barberlin.com. Perfect. Doesn't get much easier than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, then yeah. I, I think we're kind of coming up on a half hour. I ask everybody for a, a movie clip. I like to kind of throw that in the mix. <laughs> uh, you sent me a clip from a movie that I, I honestly have never seen, Suburbia. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Oh, All right. And All I've right. heard of this movie multiple times throughout my life. Uh, I know I've got a lot of friends that are fans of this flick, but I've never actually sat down and watched it from beginning to end. So uh, let's go ahead and play that clip and we'll jump right back and, and chat about it. Cool. So I think it's best for all of you to go back to your homes until this thing blows over. You don't seem to understand. Most of us don't have homes to go back to. My parents are dopers and the state won't even let me go home. All they do is shove me into foster homes. Let me tell you. That sucks big eggs. What do you do here all day? Nothing. Watch TV. Don't you want to make anything of yourselves? What's to make? Well, there's families for one thing. Careers, college. Families. Everyone knows families don't work. College? Most of us couldn't afford lunch in high school. What do you kids do for money? Take bribes off cops. <laughs> Please, Mr. Policeman, don't make us leave our home. We'll be good from now on. We promise. Yeah, this is the best home most of us ever had. Besides, if we didn't have each other, we wouldn't have anything. All right, so we played a quick clip from Suburbia. Why did you pick this movie and and kind of enlighten me as to why this is one of your go-to flicks? Oh, I think it reminds me of what it was like to go through the 90s in Salt Lake City. Nice. And so much happened so fast. And you couldn't really tell who to trust and where to go and how to survive. And it's a movie that's always stuck with me and... I've always thought, okay, no matter where I go, no matter what I'm doing, my friends are for sure my family, and they will be there through the end, regardless of where I go or what I do, and support those things, regardless of their views. And I think that's in some ways where they they say in the clip, uh, that's where family kind of falls short, like... (laughs) they, They don't have a home to go to or a family to be a part of. Yeah. And I don't know who the the gentleman is who's kind of talking to him, but he's like, "Well, what do you what do you do like this?" <laughs> <laughs> They're just slumming it. Uh no, it's <laughs> But I I think that for me it still speaks true here in Berlin because Berlin is a kind of town that kicks you down like Salt Lake used to and still kind of does in my book, but um it, it pushes you. It, it tries to make sure that you know what you're doing. And if you're not here for a reason, if you're not in Berlin to do something specific, Berlin's going to kick you out. <laughs> well, I it's thought not I easy. wanted to go to Berlin, but I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's not an easy town to be in. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's not a place to be like, Oh, happy. I'm, I'm living in Europe now. Look at, look at my life. No, it's, it's dirty in the winter and it sucks. And you, you drink glue vine at all the Christmas markets for too much money. But the, the rest of the time it's, it sucks in the winter and in the summer. Yeah. You get, you get pushed around and you got to know why you're, what you're doing here and why you're here. And that kind of harken to that flex suburbia and the situation those kids were in and, and reminds you of growing up back here home in Salt Lake City. That's that's kind of deep, bro. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know my bio was kind of deep, but I thought we were going to talk about, you know, I don't know, fart jokes the whole time. But... Yeah, right? Dick and <laughs> fart jokes, like yeah. the Deadpool movies. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and I mean, you did mention that you've been divorced and widowed, and I'm not opposed to, to delving into those 
topics, but I didn't know how eager you were and we can get back to beer. But, you know, I would like to talk a little bit more about your background and history outside of Einbar Berlin. Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's extensive. <laughs> I mean, if I can, I guess if you just want a synopsis of life from the Salt Lake city to now, please, if you don't mind, it's like your typical Midwest growing up where, you know, your abusive father physically and your emotionally abusive mother. And, you know, you're, you, you grow up around friends who kind of manifest the same in themselves. And then you have to find yourself with all of that emotional struggle and then grow up and say sorry to your parents and they have to say sorry to you. And then, yeah, you, (laughs) you know, you lose family members. I lost my brother like almost six years ago in Salt Lake to a drunk driving accident. And I remember that. Yeah. My, um, you know, I, I, have struggled. I'm a restless soul in some ways in that realm, uh, that side of my life where it's just kind of like, all right, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I think you definitely have gone through some extreme tests of willpower and patience. And, uh, I think the initial name for your brewery lost anchor completely fits your persona and your history, dude. I think yeah. you in yourself have been a lost anchor, and and it seems like maybe that that anchor is settling instead of moving through the chaos of the sea and the undercurrent and the storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hitting the bottom of the ocean from the storm for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I do feel that way for sure. Good. Uh, Losing, um, losing my wife three, almost three years ago, um, come December 20th was for sure the hardest part. Um, we had just moved to Seattle. A lot was going on. Uh, it was a rocky, rocky time and she had a brain aneurysm and was in the, um, emergency care for four days and then was just gone in a coma the whole time. So within an hour of complaining of a headache, you know, of your loved one, someone who's in your arms every day to being alone, you either have to find your place in this world and be strong about it. You know, there's two directions you can go. Yeah. (laughs) And I see a lot of suicide in the news these days and a lot of people just take in one direction and that's that way never made sense to me, you know? I don't know if many people know how rough it was in the 90s in Salt Lake, but there was a lot of death and there was a lot of like stabbings and a lot of fucked up shit that happened. It was a little gnarly in the mid to late 90s in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. Um, my buddy Charles Halford wrote a screenplay about it, actually. And I don't know if, where he's at with that, but I've read the screenplay and it's pretty intense. It's pretty accurate, too. That would be um, something I would definitely be interested in, in checking out. And it's crazy to me to think that three years ago was, I mean, that that's the last time I saw you was at Zanetta's funeral. And yeah. Trying not to get too choked up here, but just your whole life story and everything you've been through. And uh, you always seem to to persevere, dude. You're, you're an amazing cat. <laughs> Thank you. So, Definitely, uh, yeah. Sorry, I got a little set back there, kind of thinking about that, but uh, no way around it. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. And uh, again, you know, it just speaks volumes to your character, and and, and well done, sir. <laughs> I speaking of that specifically, Zanetta really didn't judge anyone for any reason. She never really had that many enemies, and what she spent doing with her life was her passion and i had to i had it yeah yeah it was food yeah Yeah. absolutely she was a pastry chef yeah 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 for sure um that's right and uh so i had to 
pick out those things and I had to hold on to them. And I am now for sure working pretty hard in the direction of food in my beer. As far as (laughs) like, I'm not trying to, you know, blend up burgers and like drop them in an IPA or something, but well, that's what I was going to clarify as far as food (laughs) as in ingredients for your beers or food as in a companion for your uh, taster's palate, maybe (laughs) to go Uh, with your beers. I mean, anyone can go to a bar and say, I'm going to order a burger. What goes well with the burger? Oh, they suggested an IPA. Like, but, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, but, but I've, um, I've been trying to find chefs to take that to the next level and actually say, okay, I'm in a Mexican restaurant, high end. I want to do fish tacos, but instead I want to take the cilantro and lime and put them into a colch and that way it actually completes the meal. So you actually have to have not maybe a full beer, but a short beer with heavy flavorings on cilantro and lime so that you can actually complete your meal with some ingredients that complement the beer and the meal. That sounds fucking delicious. <laughs> a bit of a hybrid, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's badass. And it, am I wrong to assume there's not a lot of that going on in Berlin? It, it's probably no. something you can completely introduce to the the culture there and and give people an idea of, as of far what as we I do know, in the States. Yeah, as far as I know, I haven't seen much in the States either of that sort of thing. But for sure in Berlin, there's no such thing. Nice. Do it. Get it done. So, and I have um, some chemical companies that I'm working with to try and help me produce the adjuncts that I need. These things balance a way that I can reproduce them every time identical. The expectations for beer production is, I want it to taste the same, you know? Yeah. I want to order my Miller Lite, and I want it to be the same every time. <laughs> <laughs> Consistency is key when it comes to your target. Um, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? An audience, I suppose. But people, when they like a beer, they want to be able to go back to that beer, and they want it to taste exactly as it did the last time they had it. and. Yeah, I, I, I can't I'm, even wrap my head around the process you have to go through to do that. <laughs> uh, it's a lot. It's a lot for sure, and it's a lot more. Uh, so after going through some schooling, but I think what people need to realize is that we deal with far more ingredients and far more processes than vintners do, and they are never expected to make the same product every time. They have an annual product. Everyone knows the seasons change. And for some reason, that scene exists with wine, but with beer, huh. like hops don't grow inside, you know. They, right. <laughs> they, they grow outside. <laughs> malt doesn't grow outside. Not only so that, in we the have winter, to malt the <laughs> yeah, barley. Not, yeah. So what do you do in the winter if if you don't have it? I mean, do you have a, a back log of hops i know shit about brewing beer so yeah (laughs) you're gonna have to really hold my hand on this one (laughs) well that's that's actually the most hilarious part about it is because most of the hops that people are getting especially craft brewers because they're not in contract um which which most major guys are in contract to say okay i need 500 kilograms or two tons of hops we're going to make sure we're going to get it because we need to make sure we can brew our beer. And the craft guys are like, hmm, uh, okay, what can I get? <laughs> we're just, usually a year or two behind with our crop seasons. A year at, or two behind? At least with hops, yeah. I never even considered the supply and demand when it came to making beer. I just, is that beer cold? Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I enjoy my beer. So that's, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> crazy, dude. Do you have anything in particular with with what you're doing in Germany that you want to talk about or any people that have helped you along through this process that you want to shout out? Or is there anything in particular that you want to ask me? I just kind of, again, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get a chance to catch up with you. 
yeah, yeah. No, I um, I have to thank everybody I've met all, all along the way. I mean, I left I left Seattle in let's see, three years ago, back in twenty fifteen. Yeah, and I've met so many amazing people from the head microbiological engineer at Diageo to just the bar manager in Iceland to, you know, it's, it's so many people who are just uh, kind of interested, but also kind of following the scene and really want to know what's happening in here. It's not really much. Well, um, hopefully you can change that. <laughs> but, so I'm, yeah, yeah. It's what me and the others are here for, I think. Um, nice, dude. Yeah, it's been quite the ride. And for sure, Z's family, all my friends, you know, all my family. They've been great. It's been but, nice to know after all this time, all this effort of getting here, it's like, okay. Well, well, and I was going to say, it's got to be nice to know that with everything that you've been through, you've still got a lot of people that are willing to surround you and and be there for you any way they can. And, you know, I I don't know if you'll be coming back stateside. I might have to jump on a plane to see you, but (laughs) I, I do look forward to the day where I get to give you a hug and say what's up and, uh see what you're doing in berlin and i've had some of your beers that you were homebrewing and you were back here in salt lake city and i none of them disappointed and i remember at least one that got me right drunk rather quickly (laughs) (laughs) Um, so thank you for that but it's awesome to know that that you've got this passion and this drive and that you're again got things shaken in berlin and and trying to take things in a, a direction that you know, Germany as a whole might not really understand with craft beers, and I'm excited for you, man. That's badass. Yeah, they take they take their time to try and figure out uh, what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> when I go and do a lager and I wanted to add anything to it, say I wanted to do um, lavender honey lager or something, um, I would have to go and apply for an exception and then wait for that exception to come through because of Reinheitsgebot. What is that? <laughs> Reinheitsgebot is the fifteen sixteen law that requires all lager beer and initially all beer to be brewed in with the four main ingredients, water, hops, barley, <laughs> Yeast, but actually, it's funny because the initial law was not including yeast. Uh, they didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they, they added had to, it. They had to renew that law. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And how long does that process take? I mean, are you waiting days, weeks, months? So to do a Renhetskabot beer, if I'm doing a lager, um, for my process, it's a month. That's not too bad. So it's about <laughs> uh, it's about a week, a week and a half for primary fermentation, and then uh, two to three weeks for secondary and conditioning. Which is really for craft breweries, they usually don't filter, so um, that's for us a really good time for clarification. So if the beer is super super cold, it helps it helps take some of those particles, some of those proteins that cloudy up your beer and drop them out of the beer. Nice. So uh, So us craft guys can do some pretty clean beers without filtering. And everybody else primarily is filtering to get those things out of there as opposed to just doing it. That, again, I told you 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 were going to have to hold my hand on this one and, and walk me through it. (laughs) yeah yeah so they're doing a lot more than just filtering but that's one of the main things they do yeah and what else are you doing to to kill time when you're over there i mean you mentioned you're you're kind of checking out the the punk music scene and seeing what that's all about (laughs) and 
riding your bike to deliver kegs as needed for the yeah. brewery. But how how are you passing the time in Germany, dude? Uh, it's um, one hundred percent at least eighty hours a week on the business. So to kill time, I I'm either out selling or making the beer or talking to my team to try and figure out what the next uh, steps are. <laughs> maybe trying to get some sleep somewhere in the mix there. <laughs> Rarely. Maybe maybe if I'm lucky, five hours. <laughs> I typically am a five to six hour sleep kind of cycle. <laughs> yeah. I'm a night owl. I don't like going to bed early. Uh, I get restless and just kind of lay there and then I'm up. <laughs> To go throw hammers uh, up in the mountains here in Park That's City right. and, you know, early morning. So I just kind of roll with it and I don't know. I don't know how people can just crash out for eight to ten solid hours and <laughs> and still lucky. function. Yeah. They're, yeah, good, yeah, good they're, for them. <laughs> they're the lucky ones or they just, you know. I don't know, have too much drugs in their system or something. <laughs> Some downers. Yeah. Well, we we don't have an opioid issue here in oh, that's the state, right. let alone the country, you know. <laughs> I keep forgetting that stuff's legal there. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. And then other things that would be more beneficial, like marijuana, um, is slowly getting through the, the process of being available, but as you know no. us us yanks have a lot of shit kind of ass backwards but <laughs> some know, of us are trying to fix it i was when when me and zanetta moved to seattle we were actually starting up and almost had our first clients um doing a weed company called my baked chef i sure do remember that <laughs> <laughs> And what, what exactly with my baked chef, it was just marijuana infused meals, but then you guys were going to cater special events or were you actually going to open a restaurant? What was the, the end goal with that? So we were going to specific events and those events were going to be catered by us and I'm, I'm trying to look for right now. The <laughs> there are some pretty cool recipes that we had. <laughs> Do you still have like a, a domain or a space where people can find these recipes? I'm assuming no, because no, you're trying no. to find it yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, I I still own mybakedchef.com, but the website now translates back to um, my site and other sites, but. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, I found it. So we were going to do for six people, get you high, the dime bag, the halfy, or the full O. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dime bag was the three course meal, uh, blue cheese wedge salad, organic tomatoes, garlic, uh, croutons and crispy shallots, roasted French, uh, free range chicken, Cauliflower couscous and grilled winter squash. The halfy was a four-course meal: wild rice, uh, quinoa over chopped organic kale with lemon haze vinaigrette, locally smoked salmon with white bean hummus, cherry tomatoes and cucumbers, lamb burgers, uh, ciabatta with roasted red pepper aioli, arugula, and pickled radishes and shallots. <laughs> <laughs> pistachio chocolate torta with fresh strawberries and cream right <laughs> yeah well i haven't I, got to the full o <laughs> and i'm a fat kid so I'm, I'm just getting hungrier and hungrier the more you but please please You're continue ready for breakfast right <laughs> yeah getting there <laughs> sunday the brunch o, the full o is a, a six course meal Cheese, uh, locally uh, lo local honey, tinctures, olives, olives, cured meats, jams and crackers, scallops with uh, lemongrass and honey herbs, uh, beru blanc topped with crumbled pancetta, farm to table salad with chef's choice, uh, tenderloin steak topped with can of butter with roasted squash, cucumber mandarina 
granada plata cleanser and a persimmon lemon tarta with fresh berries cranberry sugar and infused cream <laughs> i couldn't it, even make that shit up and she did it in like five minutes i don't know it, <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> no that's that's badass and uh, i remember jackie was like hey check out what uh, Zanetta and Sam are doing up in Washington. And uh, I think that's what, I don't know if it was on Facebook or on the actual website, but I I was overly excited to check out some of those meals. <laughs> I, I still am. <laughs> um, well, I'll send you the paperwork <laughs> or the, yeah. the recipes. I would have no fucking idea how to make that shit. <laughs> I know my place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's awesome, dude. You've you've always had cool shit going on, and you know, again, I just really wanted to take the opportunity to catch up with you. Uh, I'm terrible at staying in contact with people that I I care about and appreciate, and this podcast has been a, an excellent vehicle for me to be better about that. <laughs> no, I'm glad to be here with you. I'm really glad that you're pursuing this, and for sure, it's exciting. It's um something i've been looking forward to nice man is there anything in particular that you wanted to ask me or or mention before we kind of wrap it up no i um yeah like i said i'm just super stoked that you're doing this and it's a really really good pursuit it's a nice channel to get whatever you need to get out of some aggressions or some, you know, some weed <laughs> inspirations <laughs> or, or yeah, emotional struggles. It's a great platform for that. I'm a big, big fan of podcasting. Nice. No. And, and again, you know, with you being one of, honestly, one of the first people that was like, Oh no shit. Well, this is how I can help you. And you should, you should do it. You know, it, it's awesome to, to have <laughs> you come on. Uh, people can find, Ein Bar Brewery on Instagram, and I believe you said Ein Bar dot Ein Bar Berlin dot com. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, dude. Is there any other places people can find out what's going on with you? Do you have anything in particular that you want to make sure you provide people as a a good channel to to contact you or to network with you or or do you um, just want to leave it at the website and the Instagram? Yeah, the website and Instagram, me and all the others are constantly checking those things. So if anyone wants to contact me, absolutely easy to get me there. Awesome. And I assume social media is just as accessible and active in Germany as it is back here in the States. So everybody's got to be using the same tools that, that we're using, right? Uh, yeah, they uh, did, <laughs> they did an attempt at a German Facebook that flopped miserably <laughs> because Germans are super, super scared about um, personal datas. So almost no one puts their real names online and whatever they do put there doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, it's quite well, funny, actually. I don't know. They might be onto something with that, Sam. <laughs> I'm getting closer and closer to just deactivating Facebook, but it's ingrained as a tool for me with with calendars and groups with different interests on there that, you know, I, I've gone as far as removing the app from my phone and just seeing how yeah. much less time I waste on Facebook by doing that yep. has been extremely refreshing. Uh, Instagram's yeah, not yeah. as bad because I mean it's just pictures and some hashtags and a, a short comment and but even that I've I mean I've scaled that down quite a bit. It's just I don't want to yeah. be a social media content creator. I want to do a podcast and I want to hang out with my friends. Uh, in this case, via Skype because we're on the other side of the world from each other and. And that's kind of where I'm at. So it's it's kind of interesting to to hear in Germany that they are overly concerned about personal data online and and using maybe pseudo or fake names as opposed to their real names when they are online. I think they're onto something. <laughs> yeah, I've I have scaled back. I have deleted Facebook and email from my phone, and for sure, those are things that yeah they they drive you 
absolutely bonkers if you spend too much time on them. Yeah. Um, so it's, I agree with you that on that front. It's yeah. just a time suck. And mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know. If you still had your Facebook and saw the rhetoric, especially politically charged, it's not what it was intended to be, I don't think. <laughs> It's well, not a I, tool I, to connect you with your friends and family anymore. <laughs> as I <laughs> agreed, as I started to delete it, I realized that maybe what people are really freaking out about is that thirteen-year-olds have access to the internet. Not that actually everyone is freaking out, just that kids have access to the internet now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and if <laughs> I mean, but really though, then then you have uh, I think people in general who have a level head will think twice before they post a comment, but kids don't give a shit. No, they don't care. And I think a lot of people outside of trolls who intentionally kind of push buttons online and try to mm-hmm. rile people up, which, which kind of I can see the humor to that. Uh, it does get old rather quickly. But, you know, even older people, uh, it's all, it's like they're not thinking before they post things. Well, yeah, you get the kids <laughs> triggering the parents, you know. Um, I'm not saying it always starts with children for sure. It can, it can start with adults because <laughs> that reminds of me of the uh, partnership for a drug free America ad where the yeah. dad's <laughs> scolding the son about the pot. And where, where did you get this? I learned it from you, dad. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> <laughs> so everything kind of comes full circle every time. Well, I'll, I'll let you get on with your Sunday evening. Uh, back home in Germany there. Please feel free to hit me up. Reach out to me at any time. I'm going to try to get this episode fine-tuned without a sound engineering degree and (laughs) try to get it posted tonight, and I'll shoot you a link. I will for sure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, please let me know if you need anything. I'm really um, happy to be here. Nice. Thank you, Sam. Much love, brother, and I will be rapping at you soon. And that's another episode of the Dead Serial Podcast. I had a great time catching up with Sam. I uh, look forward to see what he does with his ventures in craft bearing in Germany. I'm going to leave you tonight with some bouncing souls. We'll see you next time. Get on out.